What up, man? Sit down. And I'm Ray Ray all day. Oh, man, I'm digging that cowboy hat, right? Like What up, man, and welcome to the battle. I'm your host, Boog Mighty Johnny. And I'm Ray Ray all day. What up, Ray? What, what up, up Reds? What up, John? I'll tell you what's up, man. I got something I want to put out there for our listeners tonight. I've, I've done some research and I've Uh-oh. put in the work and I've, I've come to realize man, man. you've been bullshitting me since the last five or six episodes, Uh-oh. right? Uh-oh. We've been bullshitting, huh? No, you've been bullshitting. Me. I've been bullshitting. Yes. How have I been bullshitting? You keep talking about how this hardcore redneck you are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And every time I talk to you, you're talking about wearing your shorts and your boots, right? Yeah. And that's what you tell me. I'm wearing my shorts and my boots. Oh, yeah. Well, I did some research and come already. to find out no self-respecting redneck calls his boots boots. He calls them shit kickers. Well, you know, you just contradicted yourself right there by saying self-respecting redneck. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're more like a, a freaking hillbilly, brother. Oh, I man. See, I've never seen you to play a Wranglers. And I've never seen a skull sca- uh, can sh- shape in the back of your pocket either. You won't see me in Wranglers and things will cut you in half. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> man, you, you are making some rednecks look bad tonight, dude. Uh, I'm a high tech redneck. I've never heard you use the term shit kicker. What's going on, right? No need for shit kickers, man. Oh. Or how about roach stompers? Oh, geez. Well, is that why you get the tips and the toes there That's to get it, the man. corners there? I, I won't wear the pointy boots. Those aren't yeah. those aren't those aren't work worthy. Well, those everything work-worthy. changed when the Timberlands came out. Is know? that is that what yeah. it was, Fritz? That's what it was. No Timberlands. Even either. feminizing the boots. I mean, I was talking a few <laughs> To a few of my friends that are actually really rednecks, and I was telling them about how Ray keeps going on and on about shorts and boots, and they said boots. I said, "Yeah." He says he wears his shorts and his boots. I goes, "You mean shit kickers?" <laughs> I said, "Well, he ain't never called him shit kickers." I said, "He ain't no damn redneck." Not when you're confident enough, you ain't got to kick shit. <laughs> All you got to do is walk around straight yeah. like a rooster. But I heard some good news today. What's that? What was that? I heard it raised back to being the humanitarian again. I am. I am, dude. I had to step it up. I tried you know, handing the torch off and it started to wither out. Well, it did kind of slow, didn't it? You handed it to the wrong guy. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking for a sprinter and I'm barely making it for a marathon. You know what I'm saying? Sean, carry this for me. <laughs> Guy's struggling just to get his ice cream. Come on. I mean, man. my kid's working now. I can never get him to run after the truck. <laughs> you're going to have to start going preemptively and uh, stick it in the freezer for you. You know, it's funny. I don't, we don't even have an ice cream man that comes to our neighborhood, but it was uh, last weekend we were over at a friend's house. And there it was, the old ice cream truck, Mr. Freezy, Mr. Frosty, whatever. He come driving through the hood. You know, unfortunately, most of the time you see ice cream men nowadays are selling dope, not not ice cream. Yeah, you know it's bad though when your head perks up like a dog getting ready to chase a fire truck. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you drive an ice cream truck and you listen to this podcast, please sponsor us. Yeah, we would <laughs> we love. We will blow you up. We would I'm love to have you. an ice cream truck sponsor. Can man. we get an ice cream sponsor up in this hizzle? I mean, think about it. You could come up with a couple of dishes called the Ray Ray All Day and the Full Monty John. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Selling like hotcakes. No, not hotcakes. Cold, right? Cold. Ice cream. Cold. See, there he goes being a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> that in Alaska. Good old Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> we really do love those people. You better... Tell him you love him. The guy I don't do. even know a guy. He doesn't even know anybody in Alaska. Nope, but I love him anyway. He didn't even know it was an America, part of America. No. <laughs> the I guy didn't. for the first 20-something episodes <laughs> thought it was a damn country unto itself. It is. 
It's not it's not attached. Oh, Hawaii right. too, man. Hawaii right, also. Yeah. yeah. Come on, yeah. you know. <laughs> I found it amazing in Libson though that Alaska is actually blue. Yeah. The color is blue. That is pretty funny. In Libson. And Ray being the blue, blue cowboy. cowboy yeah. yeah. It's only fitting. Yeah. yeah. That's it makes right, sense that's now. Right. So yeah, I did. I helped I helped Fritz out this afternoon. We uh put some block up around his porch trying to keep the water out. We'll get it right eventually. You guys are working on water and I'm the only working on water. I'm saying water. 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 Keep the water out. The moa. Yeah, the moa, the water. Yeah. Park in the car. I didn't say worder. You ever hear people say worder? You ever hear people say squash? Squash. Yeah. Wash and squash. Where's that from, anyways? Where did where does that originate from? Uh, I don't I don't My know. My wife's from Oklahoma and her aunt says it. And I know mm-hmm. that there are people up in Washington, they call it Washington instead of Washington yeah. State. I don't know where the R is. Yeah, I don't know. But it's funny up north, you know, we don't use Oz in, in a lot of words, but then we end some, like we say soda and pizza. My brother and I were laughing about that. We don't put Oz where they're supposed to be. And then I we dear. add the end of stuff. I dear. Yeah. You what, what was that you were telling me about your brother? He's getting all confused where we say y'all down here. Oh, my older brother. Yeah. yeah. He was, he, he moved from uh, Massachusetts down to Oklahoma and we, we always say use guys. So my brother's down in Oklahoma. They say y'all. And next thing you know, he's saying y'all's guys. <laughs> hey, y'all's guys are doing this. Y'all's guys are doing well, that. There's something illegal about that. Yeah. I was like, dude, you are confused. You know, my family in uh, West Virginia, they say yuns. Yuns? Yuns. Yeah. Never yeah. heard of yuns before. No. You know, cousin Vinny says utes. I mean, what do you want? Utes. <laughs> you know, Two utes. My, my cousin came down with her daughter one time and uh, she's about four years old and we're all sitting around talking. And she just looks at us just as innocent as can be says, y'all talk funny. Yeah. And we just looked at her and went, us? <laughs> well, that was funny. It reminds me of my younger brother, Chris, who, you know, he's in his thirties now, but when he was little, my, we met my wife and she's from Oklahoma and he was just staring at her and staring at her and he looks at her out of the blue and he goes, do I talk like a cowboy? <laughs> <laughs> my wife's like, no, you don't. That is too funny, man. When you talk about, you know, being redneck and stuff like that, a lot of that's got to do with just working class, you know, real men being, being the blue collar worker, baby. Yeah. Blue collar worker. Blue cowboy worker. Blue cowboy worker. That's where you got the blue pot from. I got to give him that. You know, that's it. That is it. It's right blue, on. It's the blue eyes, man. That's what it's all about. Oh, geez. Come on. Sarah, I hope it's you're just not for breakfast this. anymore. Look yeah, into these be. deep blue eyes. Oh, you God. know you love Dude, it. Dude, you're making me sick on the podcast. <laughs> Don't do this to our listeners, please. Uh, 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 we just no. lost half our audience. Please come back. <laughs> but when you think about it, when you think about masculinity, you, t- you tend to think about the blue-collar guys. Yeah. They tend to portray masculinity. Speaking of masculinity, you two dudes got the riding lawnmowers, and it's the old guy over here that's still pushing his. Well, there's a difference between being masculine and being stupid. Or lazy. (laughs) I got nothing. I I mean, I love you, brother, but come on. This is Florida. (laughs) It's 96 degrees out there. 100 degrees, you know, heat index. And you're you're priding yourself on pushing a mower. I I deserve that. Well, you know, I set myself up. I thought you were smarter than that. I really (laughs) did. You know, here's another thing, too, that with Fritz being seven foot tall, you know, he can mow his whole front yard in about five steps. Well, yeah, I mean, snow actually grows, grows the top of mountains. I got a long wheelbase. You know, so he's probably got snow on the top of his head when he's out there mowing his grass. That long, tall drink of water. Is that what it is when I get in the shower? Yeah, huh? Uncle Frosty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's funny you say that because when you look at masculinity and men for most 
most of us, that's kind of how we paint the picture of what masculinity looks like. You know, I mean, you know, being a hard worker, you know, being physical, being strong. Provider. And and those are some of the the examples of masculinity that we, I know that our generation were brought up on, um, which that's skewed in itself too, because we know that, you know, a man is measured by his heart, you know, but you know, there's a lot of guys out there that, that their picture, their understanding of masculinity is, is what they do and how they look and, 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 you know, it's all physical, it's all physical, physical Physical attributes. There's a lot more to it. Oh, there's way more to it. Yeah. It's how you carry yourself. It's how you um, express yourself, not just in a threatening or dominant way. It's a lot of how you treat others, how you look at the big picture. Well, we always use the term selflessness, right? right? I mean, we know that, you know, men are selfless and boys are selfish. And, you know, the first signs of masculinity is being selfless. Right. You know, so many guys out there are so caught up in themselves that there doesn't matter how, you know, physical they are, or how big they are, or how strong they are, or what kind of a job they have. They're nothing but big, strong, uh, employed boys. Right. <laughs> I mean, I also think that a lot of what's going on nowadays with the, the feminization or the demasculine. I don't even know how to say that. You're redneck. You can say whatever you can make up words. <laughs> the demasculinization. There you go. Is that good enough? That's good. Man. All right. I'll take it. But I think a lot of that is the confusion on what masculinity actually is. I think that people have a perception and a lot of ladies have a perception that masculinity is the overbearingness, the controlling, the dominating. And that's really not what masculinity is. And I think that's why they're trying to feminize men so much. Well, it starts with boys. If you think about it, when boys are young, they're told, stop, sit down, relax, quit it. Don't make so much noise. You're too rough. You're too loud. And so they've suppressed from a very early age being told to be behaved, quiet, and, and act like little girls, basically. Right. I mean, because that's not how boys are made. I mean, you know, we have a thing inside of us is called testosterone, you mm-hmm. know, and we suppress that. Even as a father, I've caught myself with my son when he was younger, you know, telling him, you know, don't get dirty, you know, uh, don't be too rambunctious, sit down, behave yourself, be polite, you know, uh, you know, constantly talking about behavior. Right. And what you realize down the road is they get older and you start looking back on it. You go, man, maybe I stripped some of the masculinity from my own kid because I didn't allow him to be a man. I kept on trying to treat him like a polished little boy. Right. Maybe, maybe some of the better terms would be, Hey, be respectful, be mindful of what's going on around you, which all leads to selflessness. So basically make sure that you're thinking outside of your own little box or outside of your own little world. What are your actions doing to others? Well, perfect, perfect example, you know, where we've got a lot of things going on with masks and quarantine and things like that. So mm-hmm. there are people out there that are legitimately scared mm-hmm. and, you know, be honest with you, I'm not one of them, but that's me personally. Right. 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 And uh, my, with my son and I, we went out to Lowe's one time and we were, you know, our wearing our masks because we're supposed to, but, you know, we were walking around the store and, and, you know, I told my son, I said, just be mindful of the fact that you don't want to get too close to people, you know? Right. To us, we it's not a big deal to us. It's not something that we're concerned with. It's not something we think is a big deal, but other people do. And you have to be mindful of other people right. and you have to be respectful of other people. You know, 
don't, uh, you know, I didn't want to strip him of his confidence in saying, you know, this is not what I'm about. I mean, I'm just doing this to be compliant, to make sure that, you know, I'm, we're not breaking the rules. But I also told him, don't be overbearing about it, you know? Right. It's like one of those things you see where, you know, people want to go out and they want to rush and get all these shirts, like these t-shirts that have certain sayings on, whether it's religious, political, you know, sexual orientation, whatever it is. And it's like, they want to constantly make this statement. Well, you know, you don't have to go out there and rub something in somebody's face. That doesn't make you a man. Right. You know, uh, you know, that makes you a boy. Right. Like, why are you going to be an agitator? You know, if, if you believe in something that's strong, strongly, and it's something that you deeply believe in, you don't have to go running around and displaying it all over the place and pushing it in somebody's face, you know, live by those beliefs and those standards for your own life and hold yourself accountable to. And that's you it know? exactly. We're respectful of others. And when people see you living your life that way, they're going to ask questions. They're going to wonder, you know, Hey, how are you so confident? How, you know, why, how do you do that? What, what, what are you doing that gives you this courage to step up and say what needs to be said? Where's it coming from? They'll, they'll, they'll ask you questions. You don't have to rub it in their face. They're going to want to know by the way you're living. I think there's strength and conviction. Yeah. And when you're convicted and you believe something strongly and you believe in something very strongly, there's strength in that. You stand firm and confident. And that's, but, but you better know what you believe and you better make sure you do the research to understand that what you're believing is something you're really into, which is what I think is part of the issue we have with America today is most people don't do the research. They don't do the work. They just jump on whatever wagon seems popular and they just ride the wave and it's destructive. Right. And they're, they're believing whatever's thrown in their face, whatever they're seeing constantly over and over and over and over. People need to realize that advertising is not just putting stuff together and throwing it out there. There is a ton of work that goes behind it on how can we subconsciously get this group of people, then they'll categorize it into age groups. How do we get this group of people to start thinking the way we think? And they don't go in and go, hey, where are they getting this from? Let me do a little research. Let me figure this out. They don't do it. They just believe whatever's being shoved in their face. And I think that's a huge problem, especially when it comes to feminizing men. Just stripping of us, stripping us of our masculinity. First, I think guys need to know and learn what it is to be a real man, what it is to be masculine. And secondly, they need to stand up for it. Well, I think the bigger issue is we've talked about this multiple times on the show is, is that you've got too many boys being raised by women, right. not men. Right. That's, that's the issue. So the feminization of that comes from women. It's not women's fault. I mean, they, they don't know how to teach a boy to be a man. They're just raising the best way they know how. Right. And then women, they, they, you know, they, they marinate into things of like compassion, empathy, you know, sympathy, mercy, grace, love, tenderness, care. I mean, whereas, you know, men are a little bit more into intensity, fierceness, boldness. And not saying that women aren't, aren't, can't be that way or not that way, but mostly, you know, those type of traits are, are found in men. And so when a boy is being raised by a woman, he starts to take on the characteristics of the person that's raising. And so, and when we look at the statistics and we've talked about them before, when you've got certain groups of people that have 73% of the homes without fathers, others, 37% of the homes without fathers, and there's other groups with 27% of the homes without fathers. And we don't need to get into what races they are, but at the end of the day, it's just the fact that there's a lack of father in the home. And that's what the feminization of men has become. And then when we look on the flip side of the coin with the way that we raise our sons these days, even men to some degree, we're suppressing their masculinity because we're telling them to be good all the time. Right. 
And then once they get past that, we take it to another level when we take them to the church. And the church, to some degree, is telling them to be good and to suppress their masculinity. And so they're, they're being told constantly that being, there's something, it's almost like a seed's being planted that there's something wrong with you if you act like a man. Right. Like right. if you're aggressive or you're intentional or you're, you know, you have testosterone and maybe you're a little physical or whatever, strong masculine dude, it, that's almost frowned upon in our society. Today. Yeah. And you don't even have to say aggressive. You can just say assertive, yeah. you know, this way we don't get confused with, you know, being, you know, overly aggressive, just being assertive, just standing up and making a choice and making a decision and going, boom, this yeah, is but what here, it is. Here's what you got to think about, Ray. Why don't you think about this real quick? The fact that you just had to clarify that tells you that there's a problem because yeah. there's nothing wrong with the word being aggressive. Right. Somehow, some way we have, as a culture have turned aggressiveness into being a bad word. Like it's bad for you to be aggressive. It's not bad for you to be aggressive. If, if aggression is used in the wrong way, yes, it's right. Well, I used to tell my kids a lot of things, but I said, you know, I can overlook a lot of stuff. I said, but don't embarrass me. I said, I got a big problem with that. If we're out somewhere and we're in front of people, don't embarrass me. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. If you do that, well, like (laughs) they'll be held to pay. (laughs) Like we said before, that's what you've got. You've got your name. Mm -hmm. If if you're not if you're not following Christ or if you're not a Christian, you've got your name. You've got your legacy. But when you've got fifty plus percent of men being raised by women. Where, where is their name? What is their name? Yeah. Well, like, they've got the names of their fathers that are absentee fathers. I mean, and we talked about this before. I mean, it's about a legacy. And I think where the problem comes in is, is that we think that, you know, I have to, if I do this, I'm building on his legacy. No, no, no. You're building on your own legacy. Right. And like we talked before, you can make a decision today and say, you know what? Right, wrong, and different, no matter how bad the men in my family are, I can change that and make this name have value. Right. You know, but you got to have that masculinity. You got to have that assertiveness. You've got to know that. And that's where a lot of times the mentors that we talk about, they, they, we've got to step in. We have to step in and help these kids out. Well, also too, women to some degree have to understand too. And I don't know there's no women listening to this podcast, but maybe there are, who knows, but you know, we were talking about this the other night is a woman needs to step back and allow a man to be a man. Right. You know, and that starts with maybe with the moms out there letting their boys be boys, you know, and allowing men to be men. You know, I, I shared a story last night uh, with you guys about a friend of mine whose daughter was traveling, came back and her mom and her boyfriend came to pick her up at the airport. Right. And she goes, he goes to grab her bags and her coat. And she's like, I got it. I got it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she gets the bag, the coat, and she's got her purse and she grabs the scarf. And then she looks at her mom and says, hey, can you grab this purse for me? And her mom's like, no, you got it. Remember, you got it. And she pulled her off to the side and said, hey, you know, when he's trying to help you or do something for you, what you're doing is wrong. Yep. Because, you know, sooner or later, he's just going to stop asking. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're going to be that woman that's got a kid and a bag and this, and you know, in your purse and this and that and dog or whatever hanging off you. And your husband's going to be walking beside just looking at a cell phone. Yep. You know, but that doesn't give men an excuse. Nope. And I think that that's the problem too. And that's what I want to speak to is the men that are listening to this. If you're that dude, man, you need to wake up, get up and man up. Just because she's giving you a free pass doesn't mean you got to take it. That's selfishness. Mm-hmm. You know, part of being a man is stepping up and saying, no, I got this. You're my wife. These are my kids. And I'm taking responsibility here. 
I'm not, you're not walking around and it goes back to what Fritz said about embarrassing you. For me as a man, for my wife to be carrying everything and me to be carrying nothing is an embarrassment. Mm -hmm. And if you're not embarrassed by that, well, you're not a man, you're a boy. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, for me to look over and my wife to have her hands full of everything and I'm just, you know, be bopping around like I'm some kind of, you know, God or some kind of king and she's my servant. The hell's the matter with me? You know what I mean? But there's so many guys out there and you see them. You see, and they, they won't even hold the door for their wife. They won't help their wife grab anything. And they want to use excuse. Well, she won't let me do anything. Well, sometimes you got to tell her, hey, I got, I got this. Stop it. Just give it to me. Mm-hmm. And be assertive. That's, that's a good time to be aggressive. Doing something for your wife. Be aggressive about it. Say, look, I'm your husband. I love you. I want to do this for you because I care for you. Yeah, exactly. Do you think most men actually revel in the fact that they don't have to do anything? That way they can become self-absorbed? I think most men today, Fritz, to be completely honest with you, because they've been raised by their mamas, I used to women doing everything for them. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Ah. And, you know, mama's cutting their steak. Mama's making it, getting their plates. Mama's cleaning their clothes. Mama's doing this. Mama's doing that. And then they get with a woman and they think this is the way she's going to have to take care of me like my mama. She ain't your mama. She's your wife. And God said, when you get together as a husband and wife, you become one, one unit. There's, there's an equality there with the two of you. You know what I'm saying? And I think guys want to exploit that. Like, well, hey, my mom did it for me. She can do it for me. And that's justification. That's just a lie into yourself and saying that it's okay to, to, you know, abuse my wife or take advantage of the situation because she's willing to do it. That's not a man. That's a punk. Yep. And, our, and part of our whole job, like you, I just noticed you put your hands together, interlacing your fingers. And that's the difference between a man and a woman. Where a man is strong and a woman is weak, he fills in that void. Where a woman is strong and a man is weak, she fills in that void. And that's what you got to do. And you've got to let it happen. Because if you don't let it happen, you just got two fists coming at each other. And you're not going to get anywhere. I've literally witnessed firsthand these punk-ass kids that they can't even fix themselves something to eat without their mama. They'll starve. They'll go hungry. (laughs) My son, I'll be honest with you. My son, sometimes if it don't come out of a damn box, he ain't eating it. And I'm like, dude, then stop. You know, I mean, it's like, I I mean, I have kids that thought that we didn't eat at home. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) That's my daughter for whatever reason. They'll, they'll stop at the Chick-fil-A. Well, I got a buddy that's got a kid that was just telling me the day that his son would rather get in his car, drive down the street to Chick-fil-A and come home and bring back food than go in the kitchen and make a sandwich. Man, I remember when eating out was a delicacy. Going to McDonald's was like a once a month. Wow, we're going to McDonald's. For us, it was like going on vacation because we was broke. Right. Exactly. You know, it was a big deal. If you got Chinese food takeout, boy, woo. Oh, yeah. It was good, boy. (laughs) The problem is there's going to be some fights that night because you're taking the last bear rib. You better be ready to take this ass whip when it comes along with it. You know what I'm saying? Today, it's like, and it's our fault. And I'd be the first one to tell you, uh, it's, it's my fault because, you know, we do it, we take them out to eat, but you know, for me, a lot of times, cause my wife doesn't like to cook. So yeah. I, I'd take her out so she doesn't have to cook because it's not her thing. Mm-hmm. But even this, even still what I've done in that situation is I've taught my kids that when you eat, you go out to eat. Yeah. So you got to take responsibility and take it on the chin too, as a man and go, you know, I've created that part of that behavior. But it's funny. My son's 20 years old. Like I said, he won't eat it if it don't come out of a box. <laughs> you know, I mean, if it don't come out of, you know, if it don't like corn dogs or, you know, 
you know, pizza rolls. I mean, he thinks he's cooking a go up meal if he sticks something in the microwave. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man, Dad, look, I made dinner. I'll come home sometimes and he's all proud of us. Hey, Dad, guess what? I'm like, what? Made me two sandwiches today and I ate both of them. Yeah. Yeah, okay, boy. Mac and cheese for dinner tonight. <laughs> uh, my, my, my house growing up was always fend for yourself night. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. in my house, we always ate the exact same meals every week. Every day of every week was the exact same meals. And there was always just enough leftovers for one person to get a second. You want to talk about some men? Well, you got to think it was three men and two girls. Yeah, there's some fight going on. Dude, house. we were throwing down that food so quick to see who would get because whoever finished first got seconds. And we ate so fast and so much that when we, when my wife and I first started days, dating, I would be done eating within the first two minutes of the meal. And then I just sit there and watch. That it. ain't changed for me. The same thing for me. Candy's, <laughs> candy's halfway through a meal. I'm done. Oh, man. Bro, I eat like somebody's going to take it from me. Yeah, I, I'm ready to fight. You know, you can come get this steak yeah, and see what's going to happen. stick your hand on my plate. You're going to get the full money. Come in here, grab putting your fingers in this plate. It was funny, though, when my wife and I were first dating and she'd say, hey, can I can I try that? Can I have a bite of that? You're I'd like, look, no. Look, you lost your mind? <laughs> You're like, look, you should have ordered it yourself. No. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I'm still paying for that today. <laughs> yeah, you, that's not a good one. I'm sharing with you. You don't share with me. I said, Mom, you married that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you look up like a dog coming out of a bowl, just staring at him, growling. Oh, no. I'm worse than a pit bull, man. <laughs> I'll come at you. Well, the other the other part of it too is talking about uh, with men. The issue with masculinity too is sometimes men are being suppressed by women. Yeah, and the reason they're being suppressed by women is because they're ding dongs and they didn't stepped up to the plate to do what they were supposed to do in the first place. And now the wife has absolutely no trust or faith in them. Right, and so they've taken total control of the home and the kids and everything. I mean, the finances, and then when it comes time for that man to finally step up and man up, and he's willing to make a change. You know, she's not willing to relinquish that control. Right. And so it becomes a very uh, detrimental, I don't know what words I'm going to put there, but it's, 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 it's dangerous in a relationship because now you, you know, you got a guy that maybe he wakes up to the fact that, you know what, I've been doing this wrong. I haven't been a man, right? I haven't stepped up. I have been selfish. I haven't taken care of my wife the way I should have. And I haven't been really the father I should be. I haven't been the son I should be. I haven't been the friend or the brother or the worker I should be. And then, you, know, you, you go home and you you try to step up and 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 mom is like uh uh-uh, uh you don't you ain't doing that right and one of the things I tell men all the time is is don't talk about what you're going to do just do it walk it out because if you go into your home and you say well hey guess what I'm going to be the man now I know I ain't done shit in the last ten years but now I'm the man I'm going to be running things yeah and the wife's rolling the eyes the whole time yep whatever and and, and just you know. They don't care what you say. It's what you do. Exactly. You got to prove it. You got to put the proof in the pudding. And there's guys that are listening to this right now that go, man, you don't understand, man. I tried to do this. I've tried to do that. My wife. Yeah. But the problem is, is that you're probably talking about it and then you're falling short on what you're talking about. Don't talk about it. Just do it. What woman is not going to want to follow behind a good man? Right. If she feels like she can trust you and that you're, you got the best interest of her and the kids in mind or just her. Or are you trying to do what's best for the family? You, you know, you're doing everything you can to, to, to be the man that, you know, you, you've been called to be and to do the things men are, 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 you know, supposed to be doing. If you're consistent in that, she's going to want to follow you. She's going to come right follow suit behind you. But what happens is we want to go out 
It's like I shared last night with you guys. Like, it's like me talking about working out and then you catch me eating a donut. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you're going to say? Oh, yeah. How's it working going on over there, Johnny? I flew Monty Johnny with a donut, right? How far did you fall this time? <laughs> yeah, you fell off. You, you hit the ice cream truck and landed over there at Donut King. What happened, boy? <laughs> you know? And, and what do you say? You can't say anything because you're not doing what you said you were going to do. Well, you, you said it. Consistency. And that's the key right there is consistency. And you got to make sure that when you're doing these things, if you're not... You can't be doing it to get notification yes. or gratification. You've yeah, got to about likes, right? You got to do it because that's what's right, and you have to do it consistently. So if you're tr- if you're out there and you're trying to change the way your your eyes are opening up and you're seeing this, and you're getting squashed by your wife at the house, well, guess what? Keep going. It's not about you at this point. It's not about how many likes you get. It's not about how many pats on the back you get. It's what's right, and you got to keep doing it. And that consistency will show her that hey. He is changing. And that's what they need is the consistency, the over and over and over. And to John's point, though, is that's a dangerous place to be in because if you keep getting caught doing that kind of thing, then you get characterized by those actions. And then it it doesn't matter what you say at that point. Respect is gone. Well, most guys want maximum praise by doing the minimum work. Right. Yep. You know, like, well, honey, look at I made the bed today. Well, honey. I, I did the dishes, honey. I was inebriated the other <laughs> night. I mean, I was beyond the legal limits. <laughs> That's one thing I am not consistent in. <laughs> what, drinking? Drinking, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Telling stories. Both. <laughs> but, you know, that's the other, but guys will say, oh, honey, look what I did. Oh, honey, look what I did. And then you got a wife that's been doing it for 10, 15 years, and you want to get a pat on the back for something that she was doing every day anyway. Right. You know, and so don't talk about it. Just do it. Talk is cheap. You know, make, be consistent in what you do and don't do it for the recognition you're supposed to be doing it because you're being selfless and not selfish. Right. If everything is, is rooted in the heart, right? So if we're doing it just to get recognition, our motive is wrong in the first place. Right. You know, most guys, let's just cut through all the bullshit. Guys want to do it just to have sex. Yep. You know I mean? They want to go and they want to talk to, I'm going to do this and do that for my wife so I can get this and that in the end. And then they wonder why they don't have a fulfilled relationship that's intimate with their wife because now the wife is is sitting back and looking at you and going, well, you're only doing this to get down my pants. You know, you're not even doing it because you do it because you love me and want to do it for me. It's always, it's a contingency. Chore play. Yeah, chore. I like that. Chore play. Chore play. But it's true. I mean, we got to dress the elephant in the room. I mean, that's the problem with most dudes. They're trying to get something out of it. Exactly. It's not, it's not selflessness. It's all selfishness. Well, it's a contingency plan. Right. I'm going to do this if I can get this. Right. I'm going to treat you this way if you treat me this way. I'm going to do this so you may let me do that. You know. Right. And we can't do that. I'm going to take you out tonight and spend time with you so I can go take off the weekend with my buddy, my buddies. It work that way, man. I mean, that's no. tit for tat, and it doesn't work. And what happens is, is that you, there's no consistency there. And what you're doing is, whether you realize it or not, is you are squashing your own masculinity in the eyes of your spouse. Mm-hmm in the eyes of your children, in the eyes of the people that are around you. Because you're not acting like a man, you're acting like a boy. Exactly. You've got to step it up. And you've got to keep trucking. Got to stay consistent. And you got to do it because you know that's what's right. Not for yourself, not for others, for you and your family or you and your spouse. Well, at the end of the day, it's real simple. Your masculinity is something that's worth fighting for. You want to be a man? Start acting like one. You want to be looked at, respected as, treated as a man? 
You need to walk as a man, talk as a man, and live as a man. Quit thinking about yourself. Quit looking in the mirror and being focused on the person looking back at you. And start fixating your eyes on the other things that are around you, other people. If you're married out there right now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not here. Well, I'm here. I am here to hurt your feelings. If you're all about you, you're not a man. Okay. You need to quit thinking about you. Start thinking about your wife. You need to quit thinking about you. Start thinking about your kids. They don't owe you anything. Love is not contingent. It's a selfless act. And I just a profound thought that you need to think about out there tonight for our listeners. And I'm just going to share this as, from the eyes and the, and, the, and the heart of a believer. I cannot begin to fathom or imagine what my life would be like if God's love was contingent upon what I did. Because I'm here to tell you right now, I'd be going to hell in a handbasket. If God only loved me for what I've done, <laughs> I'm in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm in a lot of trouble. And you guys are sitting out there and you think that the only way you can love your wife or love your kids is what they give you. No, it's not about what they give you. It's about what you're able to give them. That's the blessing in life. And when you wrap your head and your mind and your heart around that, well, that's when you truly become a man. And when you become a man, that's when you can walk as a man, talk as a man, live in a man. And that, my friends, well, that's a rubber meets the road. 